I am unashamed. What about you? His Lance company, made, it, it's almost worth a trillion dollars. Do you really think he cares now? Whether well, he, and you're right. He's as big as a government because he's got his own space thing going. Like, you know, he's he's firing rockets off to put satellites up. I mean, that before, nobody had enough money to do that. The, only the government had enough money. But now this well, guy. A member of our family bought one, bought a car. And I was like, well, how? I, I got to know. She's like, well. It was great until I ran out of juice. <laughs> and then she goes off into a story of pulling over and unplugging an ice machine and trying to plug her car into the ice machine. The story got long. Yeah. But I said, so eventually what happened? She said, I called somebody and said, I, I can't. I'm either walking <laughs> or. So the electric vehicle is awesome. But you got to have stations. You have a. You need some battery charging apparatus <laughs> to, to maintain the new world. Well, I know. I know one thing. They don't. I mean, they don't make a sound. They just whisk by you, I mean, and they're really fast too. They. they I mean, I mean, you, I like the concept, but you know, you can't be where you're walking. Uh, that that we're going to take. Have you ever run out of gas in a vehicle? I have once. I never. Have you I, ever run out of gas? I can't remember if I did. I've never run out of I gas. I did once, and I think it's something you should only do once. Yeah, that's right. Because now I, I fill it up. Now, my wife, she did it once, and every time I get in her vehicle, it's it's she'll just put a little bit in. I was like, why don't you just fill it up? Because you're going to run out again. She said, I will never run out again. And I said, why are you saying that? She said, because you talked about that for two years. Why would a person? Why Until you ran out. Oh, you ask a fair question. Well, then I ran out, so I couldn't say anything. But here's why I ran. I'm going to just tell you why I ran out. I, I pulled up the technology on my vehicle. It was right when I bought my last truck, the camouflage one, everyone, mm-hmm. which I just sold. And it said that I had 28 miles to go. I had it. You can put it on your screen yeah so it was like 48 but all of a sudden i'd gone like a mile and it went from 48 to like 44 it's like what just happened here then it hit 28 and it so i had a good excuse the technology your computer lied to you it lied to me (laughs) so i'm I'm shocked yeah that's a shocker yeah, I probably shouldn't have told you that. Yeah. That sent you down a downward spiral even more. Well, you know. Another reason uh, not to fool with that. When Alex was in high school, well, now she was in college, my, my youngest, she had a, a Mini Cooper. Have you ever seen those little bitty cars? Like, was mm-hmm. on the Italian Joe. Anyway, little small car. Not much bigger than this table. And, but it had a, so it, I, I didn't realize this when we bought the car. You don't ask questions. And sometimes it comes back to haunt you. So the car was designed. It had two gas tanks in it, and a, and some kind of a some kind of a ridge line in between the two tanks. So you really only had half a tank and half a tank, and then there was a pump that pumped gas over in from the one that had it into the other one. What do you think about that? that's a bad setup? Because if the pump goes out, guess what? You think you got a full tank of gas? You only got half a tank of gas. It just quit on her. So she was down south on some long stretch, you know, one of them long stretches of I-10 down there, and she can't figure out. Since the car says it has half a tank of gas, so she's calling me, crying, you know. She's a college-age girl. And we finally 
got it in, they looked at it, and they told me about this pump. I said, that's the worst design I've ever heard. Because your car says you have half a tank of gas, but that pump went out. So you're having to pump gas yes, into the One other. tank's all you need, and you keep it at that's a exactly relatively right. high rate. I noticed this morning, Phil, was first thing he did was putting gas in that motor. Yeah. <laughs> and they now, they say it's because of safety issues. They have gas cans that you cannot pour gas out of. That's right. Oh, it's I, the safest one ever built. <laughs> you can't get the guy just sitting there. <laughs> These are the sorriest pieces oh, I hate of junk. Them. They're terrible. Why, why okay. did this happen in our world? Uh, is it regulation? regulation? Is it some kind of global warming deterrent? <laughs> it's probably uh, probably somebody had an accident because they poured out some gas, caught on fire. Somebody got sued. I, who knows? I mean, but you're There's right. There's a whole section of what people do with five gallons of gas. They stand up and show this redneck. He gets up there, <laughs> and he pours the entire five gallons of gasoline on top of a mound of debris. Ooh. And he gets down, throws his can, <laughs> the empty can. That he throws it over there. He walks down there. They had their cell phone on. Oh, countdown, four, three, two. <laughs> And when he lit that, all all you saw <laughs> was a fireball. A fireball. He disappears in it. He's coughing. Then we heard you kept hearing, you all right? You all right? I mean, it was an explosion. Where did, where did you see this? Oh, Dan showed me one after oh. the other. There's a whole section <laughs> of DEDs, don't ever do. But they keep doing it. So you are actually oh. looking at the Internet occasionally. He walked over there and said, look party. at this. And, and I looked down and I said, what is it? And he said, these people are pouring gasoline on wood and then they're just lighting them five, ten gallons of gas. Ooh. Oh, listen, it went all the way out around the edge. It drained out. I mean, it was dangerous. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether they lived or died, but it, it was pathetic to watch. Well, probably they, they lived or it wouldn't have been on there, I Who would guess. Who knows with our world? I'm not sure why we're even talking about this. <laughs> I don't either. It's a, well, we started out with electric cars. How do that's, people run out of gas? That's well, right. well, why do people put five to ten gallons of gasoline on top of a pile of wood and think they're going to light it without getting burned up? I mean... But you it know, seems like the some, resurrection would be more appealing based on what I'm hearing. Some of that's just ignorance. So, so you see the scar right here. So I was like a little boy, and I was I was lighting egg cartons. You know, egg cartons is kind of made of that spongy plastic. This may know. be awkward, but where were the parents? Who knows? So <laughs> so I, so I'm lighting them where the, the the fire would drop out. It was fire. So I was. I was pulling my molten, hand. Molten, molten plastic. Molten plastic. And I was doing the old, can I get my hand out of the way fast enough while while the drops are there? You're, you're, you're trying <laughs> to get burned in a dumb <laughs> so, way. So, of course, one hits me right here, and I mean, just, I mean, just sizzled down, felt like it burned into the bone. I'm running around screaming and crying, and I was like, why did I, why, why would you do that? You know, as you go, children should I've not never play with fire. It. You can't let them do it. That's <laughs> called a redneck tattoo. <laughs> Right. And there it is. All these years, like fifty years later, there it is. Put you a little ink in there, and you got. But what what gets me is, I mean, I was five or six years old and didn't know any better. Of course, guess what? I've never burned one since. That's right. That's how you typically. Well, burn, hey, right? I used to siphon gas out of vehicles. <laughs> at, look at my parents' command. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that I did it. 
this man here said, go get some gas out of that blue truck. And I was looking around, you know. I've he seen said, dads have He said, time. cut a piece of that water hose off of the water hose we're using. <laughs> at the end of- well, this is a one and done. He said, make sure that when you suck on that hose, you get it out quick. <laughs> and he's like, it's got to be below. Because the first time I did it, I had the tank above. Yeah. And I was like, this thing won't work. It's like you get it's gravity. Gravity. <laughs> Forget the dangers of that. How am I still alive? I hadn't thought about siphoning gas in years, but you used to siphon it all the time, moving it from one vehicle to the they other. They say now you can't do it. They have some some way well, I'm sure you can. If you can't pour it out of a can, I'm sure can't. you can't siphon it out well, of a they, tank. They you shut know. that down. That's, They're trying to gone. curtail, you know, <laughs> stupid redneck tricks. <laughs> Oh man! It reminds me of the verse for that Acts four, where it says they were unschooled, ordinary men. (laughs) But hey, Jesus makes you smart. Jesus makes you smart. That's exactly right. So I thought today we'd um, do a few questions uh, from our audience. Okay, we we have not seen these. We've not seen them. So this is this is literally off the cuff. We get our first reactions here. I thought the first one is uh, is. Well, let me just read it to you. This is anonymous. I don't know who sent it. Uh, Why do you think God put atheists on the earth? Then the follow-up was, do you think it was to see how committed we are to converting people to Christianity? Well, you just went straight off into the deep end. (laughs) He didn't put atheists on the earth. There's something called what you're going to choose. Do you choose God, the God of heaven, or do you deny the God of heaven and choose some other thing. Right. So it's just a... Yeah, you're not born atheist. You're free to choose God or not choose God. Where's the verse that says, choose this day whom you will serve? Where's that at? Uh, I'll look it up. I'm on it. I think, I think you're talking about Jer- uh, no, I mean Joshua. Joshua 24, maybe? Choose Joshua 15. Uh, <clears throat> well, you're right, Dad, and that, which was the whole point. You're right, Al. Joshua 24, 15. Yep. Um, read that. Choose, choose whom. Let's see. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods of your fathers. If it is evil in your eyes uh, to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region you know, and then he, they all, then it's a famous line. Yeah. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. He makes his choice. I mean, we believe, you know, Psalm 119, that when David was reflecting in that Psalm 119, where he said that you created my inmost being, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. It's, it's in that realm, Psalm 119, Psalm 120, somewhere in there. So we believe that we're made in the image of God, innocent. If God is 100% perfect, holy, and true, his creation would be that way too. He is incapable of evil, unbelief. Right. He, he creates life. In that creation, there is a process working with our brain where you choose. That's why if someone has some sort of mental illness, you know, we view them as more safe like an innocent kid because right. they don't have the ability to discern. And even our court system and governments acknowledge that. That's where the whole 
you know, used to people thought people that were insane, they had a evil spirit or right. whatever. And, and then later it was like, well, it's actually, then we'll lock them up and treat them, but we're not going to hold them responsible for their decision-making process because there's some wires have, have crossed. Right. So that's what I, I, that's what I would say. I think once you go through pu- puberty, if you read any list of sins and the Bible's full of them, take Galatians five nineteen for an example, when you go through that list of sins, sexual immorality, you know, factions, envy, when you look at a little kid, you're not seeing the, the, the concept <coughs> Uh, of sin now maybe right and wrong disobedience you know don't put your hand on the fire you know discipline punishment but they're not able to discern evil but once you start noticing the opposite sex you go through puberty you you get it there's a rebellion that occurs through the decision-making process well some people in an effort to justify the way they want to live their life you have to alienate yourself from a god who sets up a moral system. Right. So that, that's this, what I believe. This would be the easiest one. Uh, John 7, uh, 16. If my teaching is not my own, it comes from him who sent me. If, and it's the biggest if of your life, if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He who speaks on his own does does so to gain honor for himself. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false in him. But the bottom line is, if anyone chooses, a lot of people have chosen not to do God's will. Right. A lot of people. And not to believe. And they come up with all <coughs> kinds of scenarios where they where, where they they're right. You know, here's what we believe, you know, and there there is no God. Right. And, you know, they got to be of the large explosion. People choose to believe that. Which is in itself a belief system. Let's take a quick break. So we got a lot of uh, young people that uh, listen to Unashamed, which we're so appreciative of that. It's always good to try to get in there and get some good stuff in before you get too many bad habits uh, built up. One of the things that uh, we talk about on our podcast, one of our sponsors, is a group called Scoremaster. And basically, they've come up with an algorithm that helps boost your credit score. I know a lot of you young folks are just starting out, so you're buying your first home, maybe you're buying a boat or you know truck or whatever. And when that happens, you want to have the best credit score you can get. So these guys bump it up. I think it's on average 61 points that will increase your credit score. So it saves you money in the long run when you when you get a loan. And so uh, we try to encourage people to be debt-free, but we know sometimes to getting started, you got to be able to do that. So we want you to do the best you can, save as much money as possible. Scoremaster.com slash fill. If you go to scoremaster.com slash Phil, you can find out what you can do to boost your credit score, save yourself some money. Well, I hate to fast forward because I think when we get to Acts 17, which is top three chapters in the Bible for me, but he explains in his sermon, Paul, who God is, who the living God is. And in that explanation, he says, he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he gives all men life, breath, and everything else. From one man he made all nations of men that they should live on the earth. 
and he determines the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. But the key verse is the next one. God did this. This whole plan of each person being in the time slot that they were, he did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. So I believe there is a longing inside every person on the earth to find God. Now, whether you just decide to dismiss that or suppress that longing, which is then why people who do surrender to God, it is it is then their responsibility to be used by God to share with others who have decided not to pursue God. That's right. Then when you tie in the Romans 1, which I don't think is his point in Romans 1, but you can make the practical application in that based on what has been made, all men are without excuse. His divine power and divine nature and eternal power have been been clearly seen. He needs to realize, the the person who asked that question, that there's been a mighty throng of one-time atheists who've, in fact, changed their mind. Yeah. He's kind of saying saying it's like it's beyond you're done. Not really. There's been a lot of atheists who've, after a number of years, have studied in the Bible. Well, a lot of them. Seeing if there was a flood or not. A lot of them were trying to disprove the Bible and God and wound up being converted. Many And I got news for you. There's multiple examples in the Bible and in real life where God uses people who do not believe in him to do his will. That's right. his power. Acts 4 says that. Clearly, he used Pilate and Herod to do what his power and his will was determined to do before beforehand yep and then you got the romans 9 and 10 where it says if god wants to make some people for a noble purpose and some for how do you say that ignoble ignoble so be it who who are who are we to as clay to blame the potter yeah the molder the, the, the molder i mean okay you had a chance you had a shot but i'm of the opinion that every person that will surrender to God, he creates a circumstance, some kind of encounter where he uses people like us to share Jesus. Mm -hmm. I just believe that. I believe there's a grid. He has it worked out, and people say, well, it's just too big for him to pull that off. But when you read Acts 17, if you believe that, if he can put the exact people in the exact places where they should live, if you can pull that off, well, why couldn't you pull off in an encounter? You could do it easily. You, you could do it. And if you drop the ball and don't share, well, guess what? Because we've all done that. Then someone else comes along in this process of life. Well, in, the, in, in Genesis, it's obvious in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 that he made us in his image, everybody. Whether you wind up being a non-believer in God or not, you're still made in his image. Yep. So whether you, like you said, whether you believe that's true or not, it's true according to God, if you are a believer. And then the first thing that happened was choice. I mean, there was evil present, and then there's good. And so it's it's interesting because no matter what, whether you say the earth, you know, we came from, you know, fish or whatever, you know, the whole process of evolution, you still got good and evil. <laughs> That's why, look, I've said this and offended numerous religious people over the years, and let's just go ahead and do it one more time. That's why when <laughs> when people who, because it's a serious matter, and I hate to even make an argument about it because it's so serious and I'm so passionate about it, it upsets, 
it upsets me that people will take the life of an unborn child in the name of a phrase called pro-choice. Yeah. And so then people say, well, I'm not pro-choice. Well, that's a godly principle. Yeah. Being pro, he gave us the ability to choose. Exactly. We're not saying we're not against pro-choice. We're opposed to making bad choices, right. wrong choices. Right. It's not the choice itself. But to me, that's what the world does. They take a principle that's from God, and they build an argument around it where it sounds right. Because in that case, being pro-choice is biblical. We are pro-choice. Sure we are. God gave us the ability to choose. <laughs> Which but is to why. To go back to Joshua, he said, choose whom you're going to serve, good versus evil. Me and my household, you're not going to have a household if you're taking the life of all your unborn children. You, you just have a building and you're in it. It literally stops what God said in Acts 17, what he does. He's determining where we should be, made in the image of God. He does this so we would seek him and find him. And people say, well, we're pro-choice, so we're going to take their life, murder them, the innocent, before they ever come out, which I believe was you're, a Jace, you're, you're a decade behind because <clears throat> they've already changed that language now. You don't, you don't hear pro-choice anymore. Here's what you hear now. Women's reproductive rights. That's the frame for it now. So okay. we're going to take a step back from the baby. Now it's your reproductive right, which whatever that means, to choose to kill an infant. Because they child. say because it's their body, <laughs> right. which I just read, you did not choose to be here. That is the one thing you didn't choose. That's right. You, you just showed up. So you it's have to address where that origin came from. It's not their body. There's another body inside their body. That's right. There's two bodies. Well, there. and there's another body that made your body. That's right. <laughs> so it's more complex. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's what Reagan used to say. He said, you know, it's interesting that back in, when they called it pro-choice, he said, every pro-choice person got here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yep. they were they were saying we need to have the right to, to abort children. And he said the only reason you could even be pro choice is that you got here to be that. That's so someone it. chose life for you. That's it. So, you know, which is, you know, back to the original well, point. When you look at the end of the argument and you look at all the the choices that you have, I'm gonna choose life every time. Correct. When, when we get to the end, I'm going to choose life. Even with my own life, if there's a way to extend it, which I believe it is in Jesus, mm -hmm. he is life. Well, it, it's a no-brainer for me. Right. I'm like, Jesus, over here, you live. Everything else, literally everything else, results in death. Right. I'm going to choose life. Well, you know, the famous atheist of the past, <clears throat> and there's been a lot of them, you know, for the last 500 years, they were, most of them committed suicide, the famous ones. And and it's easy to understand why, to your point, this is because if you're just, if there's no purpose other than just you, you got here by random chance and then there's nothing beyond, so say you got a tough situation, you got your family, whatever, then it's really hard without hope and purpose to 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 have the value of life, wouldn't you think? I mean, you know, atheism oh, yeah. is a pretty, uh, I mean, depressing. 
concept. But I do think God chose to set this life up so that we could be used, despite our flaws, to share him. Yeah. So you couldn't share him if everybody was already in. Because he's like, well, why? You wouldn't realize what you have to gain if you didn't consider what you have to lose. Right. Which is sad when you look at it, but I think it's the same reason he chose Judas as one of the twelve. Well he he obviously knew that he was gonna betray. Well why, it, it, why, it, why did he choose him? It had been prophesied. Is it would wouldn't you make an argument that Judas was an atheist? Hmm. He he didn't believe he, he sold didn't believe Jesus. Jesus was the son of God. He and he him. was I mean I don't mean with him. I mean with him. Oh yeah. So why did God do that? I think it's because you you see what you have. It would be hard to appreciate what you have. So here's let's without let's it. Take another break. So that brings up another interesting question. We get this a lot too. Is that <clears throat> well, Judas didn't really have a choice then, but he did have a choice. He had a choice. I mean, he didn't. He, nobody made him do it. Just no. because God knew he would do it doesn't make him. That's where you get into the idea. Well, the problem is, I remember the moment Jesus said, "This is the one." The moment he yep. gave him that piece of bread, the John, one I John give this 13. bread, the, Satan, Satan entered, entered him. him. That's right. So the I evil mean, one works, which works is, which within is, this, which is chilling when you think about the possibilities there. Yep. It comes from the evil one. I <laughs> said this before, and we got a killing couple, offspring. We got a couple letters for it. I was using it in a different matter, talking about the reputation of Jesus. But I do think it's an obscure story and statement, and I think it's worth mentioning again, that just because God knows everything doesn't mean he He interferes with the life that he had planned for you. I mean, he knows what you're going to do, mm-hmm. but we have a being that's not bound by time. So there's a different set of rules that's not that we, we don't even can't identify with. Correct. And, and there's no time elapsing, and he knows everything. So they're like, well, why did he do it? Because when you ask a question like that, you've immediately put God down on our level. Yep. It He's not functioning like we are where we're waiting and we're looking at this guy's life and why did you – it just is. It, everything is happening at the same time. So when you start look to God, so when you look at that from that perspective, you wouldn't ask that question. Correct. Because it wasn't something that he, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Well, he he doesn't do that. Because we're made in his image. But what people try to do is they try to put him in our image. So you yeah. come up so with a, questions so like that. Up, right, exactly. Look, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's wrong to ask the question. No, it's not. But I'm saying once you dive deeper into who God is, yep. those kinds of questions are like, it's kind of a silly question because I'm trying to put him on my level so I can understand. Which, him. by the way, <clears throat> was the very first temptation to Eve from Satan. So you will be like God. I mean, think about it. <clears throat> the first sin committed was to be like God, and and it's still going on to this very day. People I don't have a problem with, with hearing that question <clears throat> and saying, I don't know. <laughs> because God is so big... I would rather be where I'm trying to understand God in, instead of trying to make God conform to my understanding. Correct. Which is 
why you have that question. So uh, here's another question that I think is really good, and we get this quite a bit, so I wanted you all to talk about it. Uh, This person uh, was, he said, I was saved and baptized years ago, and now he's uh, 41, he says, and uh, he just went down a bad path. Then he came back. He said, do I need to be saved again and baptized? And we get a lot of questions about people made sometimes a decision as a young, you know, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven yeah. year old, and then live life and realize sinful stuff, and then they're in their twenties now, and they're like, "Do I need to be baptized again?" So a lot of questions like that. So I, 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 I would say that. this: my first answer is the same as the first question. From his, from God's perspective, there was no. It, 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 you know, we again, you're not saved again. You're not because it, it's only it's his perspective. Right. It, he sees the culmination as it is before, during, and after. So I think that's what happens with this argument about falling away. I mean, you have clear passages that will say if they fall away. I mean, there, there's a hundred of them you can go to, but from God's perspective, I don't think it works that way. Right. It, it's. So so actually they're both right when they say well you know like what they'll use a phrase once saved always say well from God's perspective of course he knows your but heart. we don't we don't know that our life is bumpy <laughs> and so all i know is in acts 29 no, let's see where was the story when they said he said did you receive the holy spirit when you believed. Acts 19. Acts 19. And their response is kind of funny. They said, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And it says, on hearing that, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. So forget about the context, because we'll get to that one day. they had been baptized by John. They've been baptized by John. And forget the... we'll, We'll get into the details. But my only perspective is, from there, the way they were looking at it, they went ahead and did something about that. Their their heart was not in question. Right. John the Baptist came preaching, and they're like, we believe. Well, then later on, they run up on some people, and they're like, oh, there's a Holy Spirit? Yeah, heard what about do this. we do? Does that mean I wasn't saved before? I know they were asking those types Which, of questions. Which, by the way, that's right before that in Acts 18. <clears throat> you have Apollos, who was a great young leader and Mm-hmm. Man was really helping a lot of people. He runs up on the Taught this, about Jesus. Taught about acronym. Jesus. I mean, he was doing great, but he ran up on Priscilla and Aquila, and they listened to him, and they thought, oh, he needs, he's not quite there. So it said they sat down and, and I shared. I think the phrase was they taught him about Jesus. They taught him more, more adequately. adequately. Exactly. So what I'm saying is back to him, he, was, he just learned more. Yep. at a different point in his life. I, I'll use myself as an illustration. Well, <clears throat> so, But they weren't cut off. Well, well no. I want to say this, though, Al, before you use your illustration, right. is we need to get out of the business of pointing at people and saying, you're saved, you're out. You're... We don't know. That's right. So we say, look, here's Jesus. I know who saves you, and I know what saves you. Jesus and his grace. Correct. And his resurrection. That That's... So I'm not going to make an opinion because I'm not following you around. And you're not God. I'm not God. So when people say, well, do you think I need to do, do you think, I say, here's Jesus. This is what I give you. A point, here's what and how and who. Work it out. (laughs) 
And then, you know, your life and your repentance, I don't even know what you're thinking. People could be doing good things and their heart could be a million miles away. Here, here it is. So someone says, well, I was baptized 14 times. You know, would you baptize me again? It's like, I'll usually quote the verse that Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. I'll say, let me give you Jesus. And he'll get it again. It's like, well, will you baptize me again? Okay. I don't care if you baptize yourself. But if you miss Jesus, you've missed it. Yeah. But that's for you to make the call on that. I think when these people say, well, here, you know, you're lost, and here's why. Because the third time that you accepted Christ, you had the wrong vernacular <laughs> and vocabulary at the moment. We, we laugh, but people do this, no, you know? know. They do it all the time. <clears throat> Let's take another break. So what was your illustration? So my illustration was myself. So I was I was baptized when I was about eleven or twelve, and I had been a really good kid up until that point in terms of just the world and me, and it, and you know basically grew up in a non Christian home. This, this was this was you know right after you came to Christ, Dad and and, and Mom, and so. But I had always been a part of the church, and I'd been—I grew up learning the Bible, and so it was just kind of became the time. Some other people were getting baptized too, and I thought, well, yeah, I need to go ahead and do that. And you were like, yeah, that's great. And I mean, I was twelve; I was a pretty smart kid, you know. But what happened was, as I look back on it, is that you know, I, I really—I made a decision, and that may have been the one that God, as you said, looked at from then mm-hmm. on. But what happened to me? I hit about fourteen, you know, right around that puberty time and all that. Well, I just went headlong into a sinful life for about four years. <clears throat> First, I was a double secret agent, and then I basically owned it, you know, because you gave me a choice, and I took off. So when I came back home as a prodigal son at, at 18, just like Luke 15, I was that kid at this mentioned. I came back. You guys embraced me. Well, then I felt like for the first time I understood really who Jesus was now. I had, I had been pretty good. And I'd been really bad, and now I had come back and said, you know, I, I want to live for him. I want to be different. I want to be changed. And so you and I, for I mean, it, it was months because I, I was like, I didn't want to get baptized again because I felt like, you know, Ephesians 4 says there's one baptism. So I was like questioning. You were like, well, we, it, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, if, if this is what you need to help get you on the road, we'll, we'll go do it again. But I was holding back because I didn't want to, like, I, it made it feel like to me that I was questioning God's ability to save mm. if I got baptized a second time. So I'm just being honest. It was an inner struggle. But after a while, if you and I, we'd sit down and talk about it. You'd, you'd show me some verses. We'd talk about it, and I'd say, all right, I'll, I'll think some more about that. But it went on for you know quite a bit of time. Yeah. And finally, you know, I just said, you know what? I, I don't know which one God's counting, but I need to do it again to put myself at peace of mind. Nothing wrong with making sure. That's right. And so that's what that was my story. Well, I it, think it's from your perspective, <coughs> and I think it's fine. I mean, look. You well, have and the these... reason I say that, Jay, is because I, I know people out there like this person that sent this in. It's a struggle in their mind. And so I'm always like, look, God wants you to have peace of mind. He wants you to, you know, so whatever it takes to, for that to happen mm-hmm. for you, if you— if you want to be baptized again, I'll baptize you again. I mean, I, I don't hold back because of my own experiences. Well, I mean, it comes back to Jesus being presented, and even you can know the facts about Jesus and not be in love with Jesus. That's why I think a quite good question to ask yourself is, do I love Jesus? You compare it to the greatest relationship that you have at the time. 
because most everybody has at least one relationship, even if it's their mom. Right. They're, they're like, well, there's somebody that loves me out there. And that relationship with Jesus is greater than that. Mm-hmm. So you, you can know, because I've sat down with people who are raised in church and they know the facts, but there's no passion and love and desire for being like Jesus. And a lot of them struggle with the fact that when the Apostle Paul said, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. So all of this, these covering, covering the tracks, going worldwide with the God. I preach that they should repent to all of them now. Everybody should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. I think when individuals are having a difficult time proving their repentance because they're not their lifestyle's not in order with what God wants them to do. Then they start getting, well, I need to be rebabbed. But what's a, actually, in most cases, I've noticed, they just need to repent. Repent. Just repent. Well, just think about Peter's first sermon. What did he do? He shared Jesus. You know, live the life, you know. He, he declared him Lord in Christ. They were cut to the heart. They said, what do we do? He said, repent and be baptized. Well, then you get to Acts 8, which I love that it's in there, because Philip is going down, and there's the Ethiopian eunuch who's reading a passage from Isaiah about Jesus. It was a prophecy about Jesus, and he asked Philip, he said, well, who's the prophet talking about, him or someone else? And it says, "With that, in that moment, he declared to the eunuch the good news of Jesus Christ. And you're like, well, the story ends. They're going across a desert, and the next sentence says, after he told him the good news about Jesus, they traveled around, uh, They traveled along the road, and they came to some water. And they're in the middle of nowhere, in a desert. There was not a... If God wanted to put point one, point two, point three, we're going to do... Here's the system. It just seems so random that they're going along a desert. He's reading, so he obviously has a, is open to who this person is and philip explains it to him but he didn't put any pressure on him. philip told him about jesus it's just the next verse he said well here's some water why shouldn't it be baptized middle of nowhere in a desert and when he said never heard of jesus and that's in verse 36 of chapter 8 look here's water why shouldn't it be baptized well he got now i I just want to say it was all about jesus but at some point evidently that came up in the conversation. How do I get in on this? Should I do this? Should what is it mean? He wouldn't have known about baptism. He, he, unless... You know, does it? Re- you know, how do I surrender to Jesus? I mean, at some point, but it doesn't say it. And then he said, he gave orders: stop the chariot. <laughs> Out in the middle of nowhere, somebody passed by. They're like, "What are them two dudes doing down there in that pothole in, in a desert?" And it says, then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. I tell you this, I know God endorsed this. This kind of moment out in the middle of nowhere where someone falls in love with Jesus. Yep. Because then the Lord said, look, I need you The gospel's fixing to go to Ethiopia. (laughs) Yeah, and then then God, to my earlier point, sped up the process of the next encounter. 
Because instead of waiting for Philip to get in the chariot and go to the net, God just said, here, oh, I guess here you go. What happened? It was only a dream. Not right. really, but here you are. Now, keep speaking about me. Let's yeah. take another break. I wish we had the teleportation going now. Wouldn't I that would be something? I love that. <laughs> no but then, it, then the unit went on his way rejoicing. Well, what's he so happy about? He found Jesus. He found Jesus, and he had a moment here that was not in any kind of religious manual that you will find, except in the Bible. Of right. just, well, it's just so Jace, random that start- it makes me realize that we get way too centered on crossing the T's and dotting the I's of church business, in quotation marks, and how the process and the semantics. You know, at this group, we say this and we do this. You know, some people baptize before, some people baptize during, some people baptize after. You say this now, say this prayer, go through this program, do this. It's all, it's like, and you're like, you wonder why people grow up and they say, I never, I never fell in love with Jesus. Yeah, I, I went I through something. the, all the robotics and, you know, I, I have the lingo, but my life, yeah, it, it's, it's not happening. That's a good point. So that's what I think. What was interesting was that started, which we'll deal with when we get there, but in verse 26, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's all he told him. He didn't tell him why. He just said, go down there. And then it was interesting, once he got there, he met the Ethiopian. But if you believe God has a plan for everyone, going back to Acts 17, and he uses us, those who have surrendered to Jesus, to execute the plan, you know, Philip got it. I mean, it's more difficult for us, but I would hate to be the guy that's dropping the ball where God's like, I'm going to send this person to old Jace. He's going to share the great news of my son through the spirit. And, you know, I talk about baseball the whole time. And, and so now we got to go down to the next road and somebody else got to step up because I blew that. <laughs> I believe that's going on yeah. in our world. Oh, yeah. no, there's no doubt that does. And you're right. God provides those opportunities. There was a young guy, uh, Sunday, came up to me, and he's here in one of our houses. And uh, I think he said he was from Nashville, Justin from Nashville. And uh, he said, you know, I'm here, but I've always been a fan of your family. I used to love the show. And I said, well, have you heard of our podcast? He said, I never miss one. So I know you're probably listening to this, Justin. But and then he started telling me some things about his life that obviously got him here and got him in one of our recovery houses. But I thought, you know, this is an opportunity. You know, this is a young man that needs some guidance yeah. and needs it. I mean, that's what God does. So whether it's the initial salvation or it could just be some discipling along the way well look he's going to put people in people's path to help them well look i was blabbering on i I forgot to make my point but my (laughs) my point was here's here's something have a point it's so much better for the listener yeah i had it i just forgot to (laughs) highlight it and i got to preaching but in that 836 when the eunuch he was sitting there in the chariot and he was daydreaming whatever go along he saw that water and in that moment he asked this question that the listener asked he's mm-hmm. like why shouldn't i be baptized now to us who are in jesus i try to make sure that i'm not doing anything that god is not endorsing so it's like if someone asked me to baptize them i usually try to talk them out of that because 
I'm famous and I'm make, I, I want to make sure that you, they just don't want to have this moment with a famous person. And so I say, look, cause it's not about us and, and it's not about baptism per se. If you don't, if you're not in love with Jesus right. and don't understand what he did for you, you know, that that's the whole reason. The reason he had this moment is because he was reading in Isaiah about Jesus and he was cut to the heart and Philip explained it to him and he's, he's wanting to, to respond. Right. And Philip probably thought, I mean, I'm just guessing here, but I mean, it might've been better to take him to a town and say, cause you know, this could have been the very first, African-American convert. Well, I can here. almost assure he, he you was the me. first Ethiopian probably. That well, I of... said this one time in a lesson, and a guy said, well, how come you know he was, you know, African-American? I was like. Have you ever I, been to Ethiopia? I actually <laughs> said, have you ever seen a white Ethiopian? <laughs> and I, I was just saying, like, what do you mean? He was like, oh, I guess I didn't think about that. I was like, we got a moment here. We could convert a country. That's right. And it started out in the in a desert with just two guys, and I am 100% convinced that this guy went on his way rejoicing, and I know what he did. Oh, yeah. He started sharing that same sure Jesus. Did. Yeah, he did. And the roots of, of that encounter are probably still there today, 2,000 sure. years I'm later. Sure no are. doubt about it. Jeff just got back from there. Lots of brothers down in Ethiopia. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. That's, and that's how the gospel spread, which was interesting because we talked about it. You know, Jesus told him, He gave them the blueprint. He said... Look, you start here in Jerusalem, Holy Spirit's going to come, but then I want you to go to Judea, which was a little out of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. Samaria, which was a little further out, yep. and the utter ends of the earth. Yep. And so what he was telling was, I want this to go out. What's interesting is, which we'll get there eventually, is chapter 8, which is where he started. The church didn't want to go anywhere because they were, they were loving loving this, some church. You know, yeah. I mean? Back to the Tower of Babel. <laughs> That's right. Everybody's together. We're sharing stuff. Let's we're singing build right. a tower to heaven and praise God. He's like, scatter. <laughs> Move. Because he wanted his son being shared from house to house, town so, to town, nation and it to was. nation. And we're still doing the same thing. You think about just us three. How many mission-type oriented things do you support oh a ton. <laughs> i mean i know you. i still go we, from time to time because you say well why are y'all doing that we are trying to share jesus with the modern world yep which I mean, when I, when, is kind of why we're doing this podcast <laughs> when people say what are your goals i was like well i have one <laughs> now there i have many goal but i have one just let me just go ahead and clarify the, the overarching we goal. are attempting to share jesus to the world. That's right. They're like, well, the world's too big. Well, how do you plan to do that? One at a time. <laughs> or or maybe multiples. You know, that, that's, but, but even multiples, it's one person that's true, it's still having this moment, exactly right. and they hear about Jesus. There's no different than what happened to the Ethiopian eunuch, and he's like, well, hey, what about me? Can I? You want to stop the chariot and how many times have you had a stop the chariot moment in your life where somebody says i'm ready yeah or or i wasn't sure Thousands. or they say i i didn't know i cuz to me that look i can't remember pretty much past about a year at this <laughs> stage of my life when you start going back to when i you know came to christ 14 what is that 36 years ago and change you're getting old, Jay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I remember is I wanted to follow and serve Jesus Christ based on what I had heard. 
and I'm I'm here I am thirty something years later. I'm good with that. Yeah. I mean, I had one conversion, but other people, you know, even my wife when she got older, and and she doesn't mind sharing this because she shares it with other people. She's like, I was a kid. I wasn't sure what I was doing. I didn't want to go to hell, which we said before mm-hmm. is not necessarily a you know a, a bad motivation. Who, who who wants to go? But you don't want to stay in that motivation. Well, right. But she's like, I think we need to do this again. And I'm not sure the details, but I think one night, you know, she she basically confessed Jesus as Lord, mm-hmm. and I'm baptized. She was she was older, which is a good but, point that whatever journey, however you get to Jesus, whether you did it through a church route or some other route, or or you just didn't know anything, and then one day somebody mm-hmm. shared it and you did it. It's getting in Jesus is the thing. So well, that's right. Whatever the route was to get you there, get there. I mean, believe it or not, I'm not a churchy person. A lot of people I share Jesus with, we're not in a church building. Right. We may be fishing, duck hunting, playing cards, going down the road, or, or whatever. You you share Jesus in various formats, and then things happen. People respond, and the next thing you know, I always say, look, it's not good to be alone. So plug in, because it does help you. Your church family will help you with training and you know, different a few growing. Them, a few of them said... Uh, Phil, the reason I came to talk to you, uh, I want to be baptized. He said, because I was so young, you know, when I was eight or nine or whatever. Yep. And he said, but the other day I went down there and I asked the preacher where where we meet, asking to baptize me. And he said, only if you join the church here. Now, he see, I, I do not like that <laughs> well, advice. When he said that, I said, well, here's the deal. When you're baptized, you are joined with Jesus and the church. I said, that's when it happens. He said, let's do it right now. I said, okay. Acts 2, and the Lord added to the church (laughs) those who were being saved. Let's leave that to Jesus. I've said many times people come in, they say, I want to join y'all's church. I'm like, sorry, you can't do it. And they're like, I'm like, the Lord adds you. (laughs) <laughs> I, the, you surrender the Lord. Guess what? You're in, whether I like it or not. They're That's like, it. "Oh, okay. I thought it was some kind of here, exclusionary there. here, thing. there, and everywhere." It's like, no, I don't have that power. Thanks for the questions. Uh, we always enjoy diving into some of those, so keep them coming. Mm-hmm.